The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Well, anyone who's spent some time up here under the Golden Dome knows that you can't keep a secret that big in a community this small for very long. And that might be surprisingly perhaps a lesson that the House Speaker learned this week. And of course, we're talking about what all our listeners have probably seen by now in the headlines, the news this week about House Speaker Robert DeLeo potentially leaving the Hill, potentially going back to Northeastern University for some sort of a career at his alma mater. And this all came to a head on a hectic Wednesday in the middle of this week with a flurry of rumors and reports a late evening, or excuse me, a late afternoon uh, chase down a marble staircase. Uh, And then we had a snow day on Thursday that kind of threw a damper on things, kind of hit pause on things. On this week's takeout, we're bringing on Matt Stout from the Boston Globe and Matt Murphy from the Statehouse News Service. Uh, Stout and Murphy, uh, the two Matts of the Statehouse Press Corps, uh, have been chasing this story throughout the uh, last few days. And we should note a caveat that anything we say here and now is subject to change and revision. And uh, this has been a uh, sometimes rapidly developing story, but uh, to the two mats, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Tim. Thank thank you. So um, guys, first of all, congratulations for, um, for being on the ball really as, uh, as the two reporters who were on top of this from Wednesday. And as some of our listeners might know, from time to time, especially at the end of a legislative session over the past, uh, you know, several sessions, rumors like this crop up. You hear rumors about DeLeo leaving. What made this time different? I guess Stout and then Murph, uh, what, what made this time different? Uh, yeah, I, I think if you look back the last couple of years, it's been a persistent rumor mill about and, and sort of speculation about what the speaker is going to do. I think the intensity and some of the specificity uh, that these carried, um, and especially as it came to a head on Wednesday, uh, I mean, really made it feel different than in past years, um, uh, large so because in, in past years, you'd have any number of people either close to speaker or around the building. Um, you know, immediately or eventually sort of denying whatever rumor you're hearing. Um, I think what was marked by this, at least uh, especially on my end, were uh, the uh, noticeable lack of denials, even if uh, sort of getting to what the heart of the situation is, is, is always difficult uh, sometimes. Um, but I, I think that, 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 that especially to me, kind of, kind of struck home early on as you're making calls and you're trying to figure out what the situation is, is that um, – you're, you're never hearing, you never really heard uh, contrary to the fact uh, that, that, that this seemed to be, you know, sort of moving or at least coming to a head. Murph? Yeah, I have to echo what Matt just said. Uh, for me, uh, you know, when this started really on, on Wednesday morning and my phone started ringing and text started coming in, uh, one, it was uh, people who were reaching out asking me uh, if I knew anything, what I was hearing. Uh, what they were hearing, a a different group of people than I usually hear the DeLeo rumors from. 
um, people that don't often uh, participate in the sort of cyclical uh, will he stay or will he go gossip that has surrounded the speaker for several years. And then, uh, you know, as, as I started to, to do the reporting, it was, uh, you know, I said this to someone yesterday, it was really uh, what I was not hearing uh, that made me start to think that perhaps this uh, was actually the time where it could all be true. Uh, people I usually go to who uh, will tell me to relax, uh, tell me to stand down, that there's nothing to it. Uh, those people were not delivering that message. And in fact, some of them were outright uh, just kind of uh, ghosting me and, and, and not returning calls, which kind of, you know, gets your uh, suspicions up. And, and then it was the, the lack of denial from the speaker's office and really the bunker that the speaker's office put itself into on Wednesday. Uh, you would expect if, if uh, they wanted to quash this rumor, uh, they could have done it very quickly and easily. And that did not happen. Yeah, when in fact, when the speaker's office gave you that one sentence statement pushing back on these reports, it it wasn't an outright denial. It was, as both you guys have noted, very carefully worded um, and worded in such a way. I think we all picked up on the fact worded in such a way that it did not foreclose the possibility that some third party had been negotiating on the speaker's behalf with Northeastern. Um, so we always knew a day like this would come. Um, he's the longest serving speaker in state history going on, what, 12 years at the top of the house. Uh, were we expecting him to make any move like this right now, though? Or, or did this timing uh, of this moment kind of catch us off guard? I think, you know, it, I always kind of go back and forth. If, you know, if this is going to the place where he expected to, that he's going to Northeastern, in a way, it does make sense. I mean, the way college schedule works, it makes sense to kind of get in line ahead of uh, the start of the next semester, given what his role is. Um, you're at the end of a session, the beginning of a new one, where there's just natural sense of, of turnover and, and turnover itself with new, new representatives coming in in January. Um, I think what struck me was the speed in which this picked up, where um, you look back at the last nine months on Beacon Hill and any number of you know, best laid plans, uh, not even uh, the speakers or anyone, have sort of been put on on hold or at least upended because of the pandemic. Um, so as obviously we're still in the midst of, of a surge and, and the pandemic is still eating up lots of attention. Um, I think in that, with that as a backdrop, sort of the, the, the quickness of which this went from, um, you know, sudden rumors to here we sit on, on Friday um, awaiting sort of uh, a next shoe to drop. Um, I, I think that's what's caught me uh, by surprise. And, and these things often uh, come with speed, but there's, this feels like there's just very little runway to this. And, and suddenly, you know, we may be starting a new year and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but you could have, you know, uh, a new person atop the house for the first time in 12 years. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a major sea change um, from just a couple of days ago. Yeah, Matt? It is. It well, in so many, in all the ways that this does make sense, the end of a session, uh, the speaker, uh, you know, past that milestone of a longest serving speaker in state history just this past year. I mean, you might expect uh, people will point to the fact that he uh, said he was going to run for speaker again and uh, that he ran for reelection, was just reelected. Uh, but this is kind of how these things go. Uh, had the speaker uh, signaled his intention to leave months ago, it would have uh, really complicated uh, the legislative process and, and 
sparked a sort of leadership struggle in the past that we've seen on Beacon Hill become a major distraction. So all of this sort of uh, plays out according to how you might think, except for the fact that uh, the legislature had extended its session uh, this year, and they are still dealing with some pretty complicated uh, policy issues that they're trying to get done. And you can't help but think, and it feels like uh, this uh, ball started rolling maybe a little faster than the speaker uh, thought, uh, that maybe this is a, a couple weeks ahead of schedule if he had a timetable in mind uh, that he kind of lost control of this story. Uh, and now here we are. There are a couple weeks left. There are major votes uh, potentially left to take, and the House is engrossed in this sort of uh, big question about who will be sitting in that chair uh, in the coming weeks and years. And and we'll get to that in just a second, but um, I guess without belaboring the point, um, Stout in particular, since you were up here in the halls with uh, myself and Chris Van Buskirk from the news service, um, I don't know, walk us through a little bit just um, the experience of, of Wednesday and that long stakeout and that search for information punctuated at the, at the end by that, um, that sort of fruitless chase down the marble staircase. Uh, yeah, as, as exciting as it sounds, it struck me, um, this is probably why you don't see a lot of movies about journalism, because you spend uh, three or four hours sitting in a hallway um, <laughs> waiting, um, you know, exchanging text messages, uh, making calls and writing emails. I mean, that's not <laughs> super exciting <laughs> stuff, I, I don't think. But I mean, that's uh, sort of what we do. I mean, uh, almost half our job is just is waiting for someone to emerge from a door, um, at least during normal times and not a pandemic. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it was trying to dislodge, you know, what is the news, what is happening? Um, and then, you know, sitting outside the speaker's office, uh, it's been, you know, almost seven o'clock, it's been dark for three hours and, and just trying to get a sense of, of what the next move is going to be. And um, Sam, I mean, you, 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 you're with me there. It, it's this sudden sense and panic that, Perhaps uh, he's on the move, um, running down a couple of staircases and and literally, literally trailing them uh, out the door. Uh, and, you know, the speaker making clear he wasn't going to answer any questions. And um, as it often does, as we try to ask people questions, they don't want to answer them, uh, awkwardly standing there under the arch uh, with no jacket out in the cold, watching him load up his car and drive away. Um, so, yes, it's uh you know, sort of not a lot of journalistically what you're hoping for a payoff uh, in terms of putting all that time in, but um, also sort of a, uh, just a, a clip of what we, we often do is you know, wait, wait, wait. And uh, you know, that's, that's, that's almost the whole job. Yeah, true, true. And I guess it did tell us something that he didn't stop to deny the rumors too. So, I mean, it true. kind of gave true, us that, some that. kind of a signal. As, as much as this has been, it's, uh, it's been notable for what people aren't saying as much as they are. Uh, and, and, and often as you try to cover the state house, um, constantly reading between the lines on things. And, and I think this week was a, a very good example of that. Indeed. So as far as what we know now about a potential upcoming speakership race, um, how, let's start with you, Murph. Um, how how would that be done, and uh, what do we know about the potential timing of such a race? Yeah, well, look, we're still uh, here. We are Friday. We're we're still waiting on the speaker. Essentially, the the snow day yesterday on Thursday, the big storm that came in 
um, probably welcomed by the speaker, his staff and his his team and the people around him, giving them a bit of breathing room. Uh, they notably had almost nothing to say uh, yesterday. Uh, we're waiting today, Friday, uh, to see if uh, you know the, the speaker uh, has anything publicly to say about his future. Uh, and that will determine whether or not we're, uh, you know, rushing towards a vote for a new, a, a new speaker this session, uh, if the speaker intends to stay uh, until January or, or longer. Uh, we just don't know yet. What we do know um, is that people around Majority Leader Ron Mariano are insisting that the Quincy Democrat and, and longtime top deputy DeLeo De has the votes to succeed. Uh, the speaker, if and when he does step down. And um, as uh, Stout uh, reported first, I think this morning, and I've since talked to Representative Russell Holmes, uh, what had looked to be shaping up as an uncontested uh, handoff, a smooth transition uh, of power, uh, now is uh, looking a bit uh, more messy with uh, Representative Russell Holmes launching a challenge, saying he's going to run for speaker. And uh, coming out with some pretty fiery uh, comments about the uh, state of the House uh, under the leadership of, of a DeLeo Mariano at all team uh, that he's hoping to change. Yeah, um, Stout, what, what, what do you make of Russell Holmes running for speaker? Because some folks had said, oh, well, perhaps uh, speaker pro tempore uh, Pat Haddad might run. Um, it, it seems she's not doing that. And, uh, and so is, is Russell Holmes running just to give folks an alternative choice if, if they don't want to support the sort of, uh, well, leader Mariano, who's sort of the foregone conclusion as someone who already has the votes? Yeah, I, I think for Representative Holmes, I mean, there's a sense of frustration that this was looking at like, or at least being described as, as a foregone conclusion. Uh, I mean, he's openly said in the past, uh, at least talked about um, running for speaker, uh, if not challenging uh, Speaker DeLeo, right. um, holding out, you know, for when he leaves of running, because um, he's been, you know, long frustrated with how the House has run. I mean, he lost uh, a vice chairmanship uh, in 2017 after coming out and, and, and urging people to kind of band together, including the Black and Latino Caucus, the Women's Caucus, the Progressive Caucus. And having a say who the next speaker is, um, so I, you know, he, he's spoken to this um, publicly and many times. Sort of this this idea that there's this already line of succession built up in the in the House, and you know, that the, the rank and file legislature uh, within the legislature are just kind of you know watching it and, and following along. I mean, there's a a deep rooted sense of frustration in him that that's not how it's supposed to be, and um, I, I think that is what's driving uh, him to run here. I mean, he acknowledges it's, it's, it's an uphill task given sort of the level of support that Mariano supporters um, say he has at this point. Um, but, you know, he, he's long been one uh, unafraid. Uh, I think anyone who knows Russell Holmes uh, knows he's unafraid to speak his mind and sort of um, speak to what is the, the things that he's seeing right in front of his eyes. And um, I, I think he, he's, you know, he's been long, long frustrated with the way uh, the House has operated, and this is a chance to at least formally try to challenge that. Um, and and I, that, that's what that's what's driving it here. Um, even if he knows it's 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 a challenge, given um, you know Mariano Ron Mariano has been 
majority leader for years and is sort of long loomed as the um, you know potential successor to Speaker DeLeo ever since 2017 when Brian Dempsey resigned, um, right. who was then looked at as sort of the likely uh, heir apparent for whenever uh, the Speaker left. You're correct, Stout, that uh, Representative Holmes is always uh, frank and candid. Um, and something that struck me, um, we work in the building. Uh, we're around these folks all the time. We just grow accustomed to the way things are. And then um, you read some of the stories like we've been reading the last couple of days and writing the last couple of days. And um, this has been a year of reckoning on um, on racial tensions in America. And you stop and you look at the quote unquote line of succession for the speakership. And it is uh, plainly speaking, a lot of uh, white men. Um, is, 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 is the, is, is the timing great for them to, uh, to have that back in the spotlight in a, in a year like this? Russ, Rep. Russell Holmes getting into this, uh, and making race, uh, a talking point as he explains his rationale for challenging Mariano uh, is certainly going to make this a little uncomfortable for uh, some people in the house. Uh, and, you know, uh, there could be some people who peel off from Mariano. We don't know uh, because it may not feel like it rises uh, to the moment uh, when we've seen a, a, a reckoning on race. I mean, Representative Holmes, uh, very active in the negotiations over a police reform bill that still is not done and that continues to frustrate him that this has not been finalized uh, and signed. And, uh, you know, when I, I spoke to him this morning, he um, he traced this back to uh, Sal DeMacy, uh, who, uh, you know, paved the way for DeLeo uh, to ascend to the speakership when he uh, left right before being indicted uh, on corruption charges. Uh, the smooth transition that they were hoping to orchestrate here to either a Brian Dempsey or now a Ron Mariano uh, Holmes points out that it looks to him at least that then Mariano is grooming uh, House Ways and Means Chair Aaron Michaelwitz as a potential successor. And, um, you know, he said quite bluntly, actually, that uh, white men are the least reliable demographic in the Democratic Party. Uh, and he is frustrated that this uh, line of succession seems to be getting set up, uh, ignoring uh, the uh, faces of color that have been elected to the House over the past years, uh, progressives, uh, women who have been increasing their numbers in the House, uh, though not still representative of the population at large, but uh, you know, making some strides there. And he said, you know, uh, white people ask me what structural racism looks like. He said, this is it. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I, oh, I, go ahead, oh. Stout. Yeah, I think one thing to note is um, there's never been a female speaker of the House. There's never been a person of color who has been speaker of the House. I mean, you, you look back um, centuries and it's and it's white men. And even in the present, you look at um, the immediate leadership team around um, Speaker DeLeo. And it's it, um, it, while there's women in, in high ranking positions, uh, it, 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 leadership team is entirely white. And there's currently only one chairman within the house um frank moran um uh, or at least one member of the black and latino caucus who is a who holds a chair within the committee and that, that's frank moran um so i, I you know russell holmes has, has pointed to this and he's 
um, been outspoken in the past about sort of the, the lack of representation within leadership positions or, or positions of influence. Um, and I mean, if anything, I mean, when you have um, uh, you know a black man running for speaker for for a position that you know a, a black man has never held, I mean, that that is going to uh, bring to the forefront and, and make people in the house at least sort of recognize that um, what has been uh, you know what, what's been the history there and even what is the makeup now that that we see within. Who, who kind of controls the, the levers of power uh, within the Massachusetts House. Sure. This, well, this aspect, you know, I was just going to add this aspect of the of the, the contest to succeed to Leo too is also going to stand out a bit, I think, at this moment, uh, particularly as we've uh, seen uh, Governor Baker uh, being celebrated for the diversity in his picks uh, to the Supreme Judicial Court as he has moved uh, in this in this in this moment to uh, put uh, the first Latina woman uh, on the court, he uh, put uh, Chief Justice uh, Kim Budd, making her uh, the first black woman uh, to lead uh, the state's top court. Uh, so, you know, he obviously took diversity into account as he was uh, shaping uh, what was a, a number of new vacancies uh, in, in that judicial space. And now we turn to the House and it's looking a bit like uh, the same old, same old. Uh, it's, it's not going to go unnoticed. I suppose in an institution like the House, when you've been in line and working your way up the ranks for years and years and years to get to the top, um, the fact that this happens to be a, a year of reckoning for something like that just... Uh, kind of collides with your uh, your career track over the last, I don't know, for Representative Mariano, however many, uh, what, 1991, um, so about 30 years. Um, so uh, just two more questions for you guys, because I know this is a very uh, busy Friday and there's a lot of reporting to get back to. Um, uh, quickly, uh, what do we know about possible shuffling of leadership? I know that both of you have heard and reported a couple of gleanings about uh, who might be staying in the same place or or who might be in line to move up. Yeah, that I, I think remains to be seen. I mean, you see people now that, uh, you know, Sir Ron Mariano is, you know, saying he has the votes, um, you know, look at the people that are out there, um, you know, speaking for him, someone like uh, Claire Cronin, who's currently ahead of the judiciary um, under a Mariano administration, if you will, uh, could be looking at a different position. Um, someone like Aaron Michaelitz, who was, I think, uh, was put into House Ways and Means, I think at the beginning of 2019, although it feels about, uh, I mean, that 2019 feels about eight years ago, so I, I hope I have my timeline right. Um, you know, he may just stay, stay where he is, given he's, he's been there a relatively short amount of time, and it's a very influential uh, place within the house. Um, so, I mean, I bring up those two names as, as one of the watch because th there will be uh, sort of changes within the, the top. Um, how much remains to be seen because um, someone like Ron Mariano, I mean, it comes from within the current, you know, leadership structure. Um, it, you know, he's moving up one spot and how much he sort of changes the, the, those below him currently um, is unclear given they're, many of them are among the ones now speaking out in favor of him and sort of uh, touting uh, that he is going to be the next speaker. So um, it's a lot of the people that are currently sort of in positions of influence who are uh, uh, the ones out there talking publicly about him, um, you know, being the one that, that, that takes a step up to be speaker. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm hearing the, the same sorts of things. I mean, if you look at Speaker DeLeo's leadership team, uh, this is a team that's been uh, put in place uh, with Ron Mariano. Uh, there are a lot of people there who uh, Mariano has taken under his wing over the years and mentored uh, as they've come up. Um, uh, Aaron Michaelwitz among them. Uh, certainly, uh, Mariano had a role in uh, elevating uh Chairman Michaelwitz to the Ways and Means position. My understanding is that uh, Michaelwitz uh, would prefer to stay where he is right now, and that is uh, certainly a position from which people, uh, DeLeo included, have jumped directly to the speakership from. Uh, uh, Claire Cronin, another person uh, who is close to Mariano, who could be in line for a, a promotion, as well as uh, Representative Mike Moran, a uh, second assistant majority leader, uh, in the house, you could see a position there for him. Uh, you know, I think uh, if Mariano does end up being the guy, as it looks, he's going to face some pressure uh, to elevate someone like a Claire Cronin, uh, if not her, then someone else, but perhaps pick a woman uh, or someone of color and bring them higher up into the leadership team. So uh, that's a move that would make sense. But uh, you may not see tremendous shuffling uh, just because uh, the the closeness between DeLeo and Mariano and how uh, they have operated over the past years. Uh, DeLeo's people are Mariano's people and vice versa uh, in a large respect. So uh, there could be some stability there as well. Sure. Final question to you guys. Obviously, this is not the timeline for this sort of a news cycle that Speaker DeLeo envisioned. Um, how is this coming in the waning weeks of the 191st General Court going to impact the larger picture on Beacon Hill uh, in these next two weeks? Uh, we've got a lot of ongoing lawmaking negotiations um, the legislature's deciding whether perhaps whether to call Governor Baker's bluff on a possible police reform veto. Uh, we're looking at a lot of conference committees that are still meeting. Um, how, how would a switch now, if they switch speakers now, or, or just how, how would people knowing that Speaker DeLeo might be leaving um, impact all of these delicate talks that are going on around the building? Stout and then Murph. Uh, you know, there, there's some I've talked to who believe, uh, especially with sort of the police reform bill, that this might give sort of a uh, a lot of incentive to get that done. Where you know, uh, Speaker Delio does not want to leave, or at least you know, um, be on, on his way out as, as he sort of looks at his legacy as Speaker and, and letting this police bill sort of die in the vine, if you will. Um, so there's there's a sense of uh, of optimism among some there. And, and then, you know, within the conference committees, I mean, you, you always have the two legs there, the House and the Senate. And, and there's people in the Senate sort of watching with curiosity about what's going on within the House, within the leadership fight. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of those, they're, they're already coming down to the wire. Um, there's no clear sense publicly where a lot of them stand in the negotiations. Um, so it, it, it's hard to tell how big of a wrench this could throw, if any, um, given, you know, the way Beacon Hill works, uh, a sense of where things stand on any number of bills, economic development, transportation bond bill, et cetera. It, it's just, it, there's, there's no clarity about how close they are to the finish line. 
Yeah, you know, on the one hand, if uh, uh, ideologically, uh, if Mariano is to take over, uh, there's not a lot of daylight necessarily between him and the speaker. So if people are thinking that if they just hold out, they might be able to get some different package out of Mariano than they would be out of a DeLeo controlled house, uh, that may not be the case. They may be inclined to just deal as they normally would and get some of these things done. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, Ron Mariano leading uh, the healthcare talks for the House with the Senate over a, a healthcare bill that would expand and solidify some telehealth and, and other um, healthcare reforms. Uh, how much of a distraction does this become? Is he focused on locking down this vote uh, and not able to continue those negotiations? And, you know, just given the fact that there are just a, you know, days, couple weeks left, uh, punctuated by some holidays. Um, if the House is, is focused on uh, this sort of internal uh, process and, and what's going to happen and, and what the new session is going to look like and who's going to be in charge and who's going to get what chairmanship, uh, do they lose their focus and, and let some of this stuff fall by the wayside? Uh, we've seen that happened in the past. So um, this could go e either way, I think. And it'll be uh, interesting as we learn more about the speaker's plans and the timing of what he's thinking, uh, how that impacts the rest of this, the session. Sure. A lot of unknowns, to be sure. A lot of unknowns. But uh, thank you guys for taking the half hour out of your day. And uh, keep it tuned to uh, both. Um, State House News Service, thanks Matt Murphy, and the Boston Globe, thanks Matt Stout. Um, keep your eyes on our web pages for the very latest. <laughs> thanks, Take Sam. Care, Fun as always. Yep. Have a good thanks, weekend. Ken. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.